Well, I'm really excited to close out the series, our Fresh Word series that we've been doing as a church for the whole month of October. And several of you have shared with us that God has spoken to you, whether it's through the Bible reading plan or one of the messages that we've shared or just through your individual time with him. And we love hearing that. And we know that God speaks to us today. And so this has been a really great um, season of our church where we have heard what he is speaking to us. Well, as was already mentioned, we're going to do the message, and then we're going to respond afterwards with communion and some worship. We're also going to have some prayer partners available. And as I was preparing for this Sunday, I really felt like God was speaking that the message is going to be part of it, but really afterwards, when we respond to him and have prayer time and take communion, that that's going to be the main focus of today. So the message might not be quite as long, so be prepared for that. And we're just, I'm really excited to see um, what God's Spirit is going to do in us this morning. And so let's just prepare our hearts and welcome him into this place. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love for us. Thank you that you sent Jesus. And after Jesus went back to heaven, thank you that you sent Holy Spirit to be here with us, to speak to us, to comfort us, to um, remind us of Jesus and to remind us everything that Jesus taught. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We invite you into this room, but we also invite you into our hearts. And we pray these things in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but this Fresh Word series has really resonated with me because I like words. I like to read them. I like to write them. I like to speak them. I like to read God's word. And I think that you could say, I don't really like to consider myself any kind of nerd, but if I was a nerd, I would either be a Jesus nerd or a word nerd. Is there anyone else here that would be a little bit of a word nerd? Now, here's how you might know if you're a word nerd. If you see a word that's misspelled, you cringe a little bit inside, or if someone uses the word wrong, you also kind of cringe a little bit inside, not for anyone else to see, but just, you know, between you and Jesus. So that's how you can tell if you're a little bit of a wordner. Now, I thought I would share a funny story as we get started this morning. This is a, a funny story about Kate, or as she was known in junior high, Katie. So Katie and Mark both went to a small Christian school. There were about 12 of us in our class. And one year, we participated in a spelling bee. And so I won, because I'm a bit of a word nerd, I won the spelling bee, but it wasn't that great of an accomplishment because there were only 11 kids that I beat, but still. And so I got to then go to the, um, compete with the whole Las Vegas area. That's quite a bit of kids, quite a bit of smart kids. And so it's, we, we went, and it started out by taking a written test. They would say a word, and you were, would write it down. And those who advanced from that written test then got to participate in a live competition. I was mortified to know that I didn't, I didn't get to go on to the um, live competition because I misspelled one word. Would you like to know what the word is? D-I-A-R-R-H-E-A. Diarrhea. That was the word that Kate misspelled and she was mortified as a middle schooler to have misspelled that word. 
Words are important, aren't they? We spell words, or should I say autocorrect spells them for us. <laughs> we speak them, we write them, we read them, we listen to them. And words really matter because God speaks his word to us. And that is why it's so important that we are in his word on a regular basis so that we can hear from him because that's one of the benefits that we have in our relationship with him. Well, as I wrap up this series, I want to share a specific category of words with you. They're words that God has been kind of highlighting in my life over the past weeks and actually months and years, but they're words that have the prefix re, re, in them. Words such as rejoice, redeem, reveal, refill, restore, repurpose, renovate, all of those re words. Now, a lot of those words reference God and the work that he does in, in us, for us, and through us, and I think that's why he wants to highlight those words for us today. Now, let me just do a quick grammar lesson. You probably didn't think you are going to get a grammar lesson at church today, but I needed one because it's been a while since I've studied grammar. The, the Prefixes have definitions. So the definition of the prefix re, and a prefix, as you probably remember, comes before a word, and it, cha it can change a word up. It gives it a slight or completely different um, meaning when you put a prefix in, in front of a word. So the, the definition of the prefix re has two separate and sometimes opposite meanings. The first meaning is a new or again, and this indicates repetition. The other meaning of the prefix re is back or backwards, and that indicates withdrawal or backward motion. So one little word can mean two separate meanings, either a new and again, or back and back or backwards. So let me give you a couple examples. For example, the word revive, means to make someone or something strong, healthy, or active again, okay? Forward motion again, anew. But now let's contrast that with the word renig. <laughs> renig means to go back on a promise or an, on an agreement. So the key word there is to go back. Well, I love the re-words that mean new, anew, or again, because it reminds me that that's the God that we serve. How many know that we serve the God of new and again? There are several scriptures that show us that. We're going to just blast them up on the screen. Lamentations 3 tells us that his mercies are new every single morning. Psalm 103 tells us that his forgiveness isn't just one and done. How many of you are glad that Jesus' forgiveness is not just one and done, but it's again and again? Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins again and again? When we are in Christ, we are new creations, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. And then finally, he's the God that does new things. Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do not perceive it. So the God that we serve is the anew 
again and again God. And that's the main point of my message today. So if you remember nothing else, please remember that our God is the anew, again and again God. I love that because that statement is so full of hope and it's so full of possibility and how many of us need some hope in our lives right now. Well, Exodus chapter 16 gives us a very vivid portrait of God as the anew, again and again, God. Open your Bibles with me to Exodus 16. It's not going to be up on the screen, so if you want to follow along, you can either open your paper Bible or get your Bible app on your phone and open it up to Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to read portions to give the idea of the story uh, between verses 2 and verses 35. To give some context, let me just remind you that, that this is one month after God's people had walked through the Red Sea on dry ground, when they had escaped slavery, and God opened up the sea for them to cross through, and then uh, once they were through, everyone that was following them, the waters receded on top of that entire army, and they were all drowned. So they've gotten out of slavery, They've made it through the Red Sea, and now the slow journey to the promised land begins. So this is where we're going to pick up, and we're going to start and see how this journey began. Exodus, just, Exodus 16, 2, I'm reading out of the New International Version. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Great start, right? <laughs> Great start. <laughs> the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. I'm not totally sure that that was the complete truth in slavery, that they had all the food that they wanted, but that's how they remembered it. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Now, the reason it was to be twice as much is because the seventh day was the Sabbath day, and no one was supposed to work or do anything like that. They were supposed to rest on the Sabbath day. So God was going to prepare twice, twice as much as they needed for them, or provide twice as much as they needed on that sixth day. Let's skip down to verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So that evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. So these were the original frosted flakes. <laughs> when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. 
Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Now, you might be wondering, well, how much food was that? An omer equaled about two quarts, and two quarts, depending on what it is, is about three to four pounds of food. So each new day, there, each person received three to four pounds of manna. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who had gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. That was a miracle of God. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning they gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Okay, let's skip down to verse 31. The people of Israel, Israel called the bread manna. It was like white coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. When I read this, it, it just touched my heart so much because God wants future generations to remember what he's done so much that he asks us to make remembrances of what he's done so it's like an object lesson, a visual for us to be able to remind the next generation of God's goodness, his faithfulness, his provision. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded, take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, then place it before the Lord to be kept for the generations to come. Finishing up with verse 34 and 35. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant law so it might be preserved. The Israelites ate manna 40 long years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. Isn't this a vivid picture of our God as the anew again and again and again, 40 years again and again, 40 years new manna each day. This is also a very vivid picture of the humanity of the Israelites, isn't it? <laughs> they are grumbling and they're going back in their minds. They wish that they could return, go back to slavery and die there. But God wasn't going back on what he had promised. He wasn't going back on his deliverance because our God doesn't go back on his word. He doesn't go back on his ways. He doesn't go back on his character, and someone needs to know that God doesn't go back on his people. Amen? God doesn't go back on us as his people. He won't renege on you. He won't retract or draw back his love or reverse, go in the opposite direction of his salvation. He won't regress, <laughs> move backward in his care and his compassion for you. God's not going back on you because he's the anew again and again and again God. 
For the Israelites, God's plans were so much better than going backwards, weren't they? Because he had a special place that was called the promised land. He had a very special place that he was preparing for his people. But he wasn't just preparing the place. He was preparing his people for that special place. How many of us know that God's preparing a a place for us, we know in God's word it says that he's preparing a place for us in heaven, and we have a slow, long journey to get there. But how many know it's not really the destination, although yes, it is the destination, that's the foundation of our faith, but it's about what God's doing in us, the new and again and again that he's doing in us on our slow journey to our promised land, to heaven, to be with Jesus. So God was preparing his people, and part of that preparation was learning to rely on God anew and again and again. They had to rely on God in slavery. They had to rely on God in in a lot of different ways, but God was saying, you know what? This is a new season, and I'm gonna teach you to rely on me anew, and I'm gonna show you again and again that I can be trusted. Thus, the daily, keyword daily, provision of manna and quell. Notice that each new day they were to collect just what they needed, no more, just what they needed. And whatever they tried to hoard or collect or keep for the next day, it became consumed with maggots and, and began to stink with a rotten stench. God had to totally reteach his people about the basic necessities of life. I can imagine that when you've been in slavery for hundreds of years, you have a scarcity mindset. You have to fight or scrounge and work extremely hard for everything that you need. And God was removing that slavery mindset from his people. He was reforming them to trust in him as their sole provider. And when he gave them manna and quail anew and afresh again and again each day, he was saying, guess what? You're not going back to Egypt. I'm taking you to a new place because I'm the anew again and again God. They weren't going back to Egypt. We're not going back to Egypt. God has new and again for his people then and for us today. Human nature is to go back, isn't it? But God's nature is anew and again moving forward with new and good things that he's doing. And we read what happened when they tried to hang on to yesterday's manna. It got stinky and rotten. (laughs) And I wonder if there's any of us here today who are holding on to the old stinky thing. Anyone here? Don't raise your hand. But anyone here holding on to the old stinky thing because you don't believe or maybe trust that God has something new? and fresh for you. God continually holds out his hand again and again, offering himself and all of his resources to us again and again each new day. And sometimes we need to let go of the old because we're not going back to Egypt and we need to receive the new that he has for us. Someone needs to hear that. It's time to start receiving the new, that he has new provision new opportunities, a new way of doing something, a new way of interacting with others. Maybe it's new and again and again, grace and strength to do that hard thing that's in your life. 
Forgiveness is another thing that God offers us again and again each day. It's also something that he asks us by his grace and power to offer to others again and again each new day. Because our God is the anew, again and again God, that means that he hasn't gotten us this far to ditch us now, right? (laughs) God did not get us this far to ditch us now. He didn't do that to his people then. He's not doing that now because that goes against his very nature and his very character. So wherever you're at in your personal journey right now, you can be encouraged that God is the God of the anew and the again and again. And because he is, once in a while it's good for us to refocus, focus again, refocus our lives on Christ and think about what it is that you need God to do anew or again in you, for you, or through you. So this is how we're going to close up our message. I have several re-words, words with the prefix re, and I'm going to share those words. We're going to go from one to another. There's about 10 of them, I think. And we're going to share the word and the definition. And I've been asking God's spirit, if he would just speak one of those words to us today as a reminder that he is the God of the anew. He's the anew again and again God. So as I read these words and as you see them on the the screen, just listen for which one um, resonates with you. If you're taking notes, you can jot that word down. So the first word is realign, to line up our lives with his life again. The second word is renew, to make like new or to give fresh strength to. Isaiah 40, 29 through 30 is a favorite verse for many people. He gives strength to the weary and increases power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Another re-word is rearrange, rearrange. Some women in the room like to rearrange furniture every few months, don't they? To rearrange means to arrange our priorities again in a different way. And when I was thinking of this, I was thinking of Pastor Mark's message last week where he was talking about arranging God's kingdom as the primary and central kingdom that we prioritize in our life over anything else, rearranging our priorities under God's kingdom. Maybe you feel like you're in a season where you need to be repurposed, (laughs) that you're asking God to give you a new purpose or a new use. I was visiting with a couple this morning, and they said that they're in a new season of life starting this Friday. The wife's going to retire, so this is a a great time for God to repurpose and give um, new vision and new life to you. Another example of repurposing is maybe um, asking God to repurpose your pain from it being something that you focus on so much, focus on your own woundedness, instead of um, allowing him to help focus and help others in their pain. Another word is reveal, to make something known anew. There might be some of us in here who are asking God to reveal 
the next steps that he has for us, either in our relationship with him or maybe in our career or in a relationship with others. You, you need him to reveal what direction he wants you to go, either generally or specifically. For some, the word reassure is going to help our hearts because we need God to, reassure, to assure us anew of his love or maybe of our role in this world. We might need him to assure our hearts anew of his presence in difficult times. There might be some of us who have been going through something for quite a while and you're just plain tired and you need God to assure you that he has not forgotten you and you need to know anew of his love for you and his presence in your life. Some of us could be, have been walked in here feeling really empty, and so we need God to refill fill us with his spirit or maybe with his love or peace or, or joy again, like it says in Ephesians 3.19, to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Some other words that aren't on the screen but that kind of go along with that are reignite. Maybe you need God to reignite your spiritual fervor or to relight the flame of your love and devotion to him. Okay, just a couple more. If you haven't heard your word yet, there's three more that I'm sure are going to be for you. But you know what? God's so amazing that even if there's a word that I didn't share, or no reword means anything to you right now, there's something that he is dropping into your heart and your spirit because he meets us right where we're at, and I'm so grateful for that. The next word is repair, which just means to put back together what's been broken. Maybe you have a broken heart <laughs> that needs to be repaired. And here's the thing. It's okay when things are broken. It's okay to keep going back to God for him to fix you. You might think, you know, I've, I've taken this to the Lord so many times. He's, he's willing to tend to you as long as it takes for your heart to be repaired. And some things are not going to get fully healed until heaven reuse maybe god wants to reuse you to use you again in a newer different way final word is the word restore to give back what's been lost life brings loss doesn't it but god brings restoration psalm 23 one of the most well-loved psalms in all of the bible psalm 23 3 he restores my soul. He gives back what was lost. I could go on and on, and actually I had a whole list of words, and I had to narrow it down. I couldn't narrow it down beyond these 10, okay? I really tried, but I hope that one of those words maybe resonated with you. Would anyone raise their hand and say that one of those words resonated with you? Okay. Well, there's a word that resonates with me, and this, is, this message is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure message because there were two examples that I could give, and I was waiting till the moment for God's Spirit to direct me to which one of these examples I wanted to give, and I think that this is the one that I'm going to share. So I had two separate ones, so this is the one. So I want to share the word renovate with you, and that word renovate means to restore something to a good state. Like when you think of when you do a home renovation, something's been kind of run down and it needs to be renovated to get back to a good state. Well, a couple weeks ago, Mark and I were able to attend the renovation conference that was put on by Life Services, and we talked about that here at the church, and we um, sponsored that conference. Pastor Cooper and some of our, and Jason, Andre led worship there. And then on Saturday night, Mark and I went because part of being a sponsor meant that on Saturday night, 
pastors got to go and pray over people at the end of the message. By the way, that was a really awesome conference, and they're offering it online next weekend, November 5th and 6th. If you go to Life Services, um, you could find out the information about that, but I do recommend that conference. There's four keynote speakers and 15 breakout sessions, so if that sounds interesting to you or you feel like you need some renovation in your own heart or life, I recommend that. Well, Anyhow, Mark and I went on Saturday night because at the end of Glendy, Glendy's the director of life services. Some of you remember her because she's spoken here at Cheney Faith before. We were going to pray for other people. And so Glendy gave her message, and her message was really, really awesome. And she talked about how God wants to renovate people because he wants to tear down walls of shame that people have built up. And so part of the end was pastors lined up around the room, and you could go and pray with the pastors. So Mark and I, were, we got our game face on, didn't we, Mark? We were ready to go. We were ready to minister and pray for people. Well, then something amazing happened. Glendy said, but you know what? If you want to go pray for a pastor, you can certainly do that too. So Mark and I, along with all the pastors, took our place around the end of the, the edges of the room, and a lady came up to us, and she said, I'm a pastor's wife too, and can I pray for you? And Mark and I looked at each other kind of surprised, because that rarely happens when you're going to be the one to pray for others, and we said, yes, you can. And she said, well, are you, as I pray, are you open to receiving a word from the Lord in case I get one, or if I get one, or when I get one? (laughs) And we said, yes, we are. We're very comfortable with that. So she came up, and she prayed for us, and then she gave us a word from the Lord. And I'm not going to get into all of that right now, but um, she gave us a word from God. And by the way, Anytime someone gives you a word from the Lord, scripture tells us what to do with that. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21, it says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said, hold on to the good. So that's what Mark and I did with that. After she was done, Mark and I kind of looked at each other a little bit like, what just happened? And um, because it was a pretty strong word from the Lord. And then we were ready to pray with the next gal who came up. The next gal who came up said, could I pray for you guys? And we were, okay, yeah, go ahead. So she prayed a really beautiful prayer over us. It was wonderful. Then a third couple was there waiting to pray with us as well. And this was a couple from our church that we consider Um, elders in this church, even like mentor type people, people who know Jesus and love Jesus, people who know Mark and I and love Mark and I. And so they asked if they could pray over us. And so we said yes. And so they prayed over us. The husband prayed first. And then the wife said that she felt like God had something he wanted to speak to us. And then full of grace and love and humility, she lowered the boom. (laughs) (laughs) and she just said I really believe that the Lord is speaking to Mark and Kate to you guys that you have built up some walls of shame in your life and it's time to tear those down and I was a little taken aback and I looked up at Mark like I often do in uncomfortable-ish situations to see how he's responding because how he's going to respond is how what sets the stage for how I respond, okay? <laughs> Moms, by the way, that happens with your kids as well. The kids look up to their mom and dad to see how they're going to respond to think about how they respond. She asked if that resonated with us and Mark and I both had to say, yeah, there was an area of our life that... Um, 
had had been we had built up some walls of shame and so that night renovation God the God of the anew the God of the again and again started happening in our lives as we prayed about that with this couple then we thought the best thing that we could do is come on Tuesday morning we have staff meeting we talked about it with our church staff because they're safe people in our life and we went a little bit deeper about it they prayed over us and from that moment things have started to change and be renovated in Mark's and my life. And that's good news, isn't it? Because anytime we're getting healthier and getting free, we sang so many songs this morning about freedom. And here's the thing, as free as we are in Christ, God wants us to be freer. He wants us to keep moving forward in freedom and freedom and freedom. And so that was a time when God began to renovate some things in our own life, to restore us to a healthier state. And we began to experience him as the anew and again and again God. And that is continuing in our family as God is restoring some things in our family as well. So, where do we go with that? It's important that when we're talking about sharing stories that that we're willing to share our story. Because how many know we can see God moving through stories? When we open ourselves up and say, this is what God's doing in me. Um, and we don't have to give all the details. Like, you didn't hear all those details, did you? But you heard enough to know, okay, God's doing something here. And our God is the anew again and again God. And just like that slow journey that the Israelites took to the promised land, your journey might be slow. My journey might be slow. But what is a part of your story that God is doing anew or again and again in your life. And I want to challenge you to sh- start sharing that with other people because we all benefit when we hear those stories. Well, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up because God has given us all one of the most, most beautiful reminders that he is the anew again and again God. And it's the sacrament of communion. Communion is when we recall, bring back to our mind, what Jesus has done. Remember, he said, do this in remembrance of me again. Remind yourself of me again and again and again. So we're going to participate a little bit differently. Our worship team's going to sing a really beautiful song. It might be one that you're familiar with or maybe not. The words will be on the screen. But as they um, sing this song over us, I'm going to invite you to just spend some time in reflection, (laughs) to think about Jesus and his love and laying down his life for you, to re-examine your own heart in light of his sacrifice, to make things right with him. Then whenever you are ready, I'm going to pray over the communion here in a minute, but then whenever you're ready, you come forward and get your communion, then take it back to your seat. And and this walk um, from your seat up here, Last night, by the way, last night we were watching um, the World Series, and my daughter commented that the pitchers have to take a walk of shame from um, the pitching mound back to the dugout when, when the pitcher replaces them. How many know that we're not taking a walk of shame up here? We're taking a walk of freedom. We're taking a walk of God's presence in our lives. We're taking a walk to make to, to put our life with his. And it's a, it's a healthy, good thing, isn't it? So when you're ready, come forward, get your communion and use it as an opportunity to just recommit your life to Jesus. And then after that song, they're gonna sing one or one and a half songs, how many time we have left. And 
we just thought it'd be really appropriate at the end of this series if we just had some time to, to reflect, to think about something that God has spoken to us over this past month. Maybe you would want to pray with whoever you came with this morning to seal either something today, to share whatever God's doing in you. Maybe you would like some prayer um, with someone else. And so we're gonna have some prayer partners, Carice and Marcella and Mark, available at the back of the room here so that they can hear and you can hear them. If there's something that you just feel like you need to take a step um, forward and ask, ask someone to pray with you about anything or everything, they would be very, very happy to do that. So let's just pray over the communion and then we're going to um, <clears throat> move forward. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved your father and you loved us so much that you were willing to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven to put on flesh and dwell among, amongst us. Thank you that when you came, you announced the kingdom of God through healing and preaching and deliverance. And thank you that you fulfilled your mission, which was to come and make things right with us and God so that anyone who says yes to Jesus can receive Jesus's forgiveness and Jesus's eternal life. And Lord, you are the anew again and again God. And as we take this communion, we're reminded again of who you are and what you have done. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing new things in all of our lives. Thank you that you're showing up again and again and again and again. You are so good and you are so faithful. And as your people, we wanna say thank you, Jesus. And we also wanna say that we love you too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come get the communion when you're ready. Oh 
这动。Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one of hearts and hearts. Have found their hope. The orphans now have a home. All that was lost has found its place in you. You lift our weary. Us strong instead. You took these rags and made us beautiful. For all that you've done, we will pour out a love. This will be an anthem song. Jesus, we love.
opens the door Jesus we love you oh how we love you you are the one our hearts adore so one more time we love you oh how we love you you are the one our hearts adore I want to just encourage us in this time that if you've gotten some elements for communion Feel free just to partake um, just when you want to, when you feel like you need to. If we get the lights down a little bit more, we'll just kind of create a little moment to um, just for us just to just be with Jesus. And if you're at home right now, just to, um, like Kate was saying, just to reflect a little bit on just some of the words that were spoken this morning and maybe the past couple of weeks. Just where we're at and to, to remind ourselves of the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done. That his body was given and his blood was shed so we could have that freedom and be set free. So sing one more time, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you know how we love you you are the one our hearts adore Jesus we love you oh how we the one our hearts adore and I've heard a thousand stories of
searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say a word, you're good. Perfect in all of your ways 
Specific from the Holy Spirit, a fresh word, something that the Lord would speak just to you to remind you that He loves you. This morning we learned a, a good lesson from Kate's message from Exodus 16, and that is that God wants to do something new and fresh in your life uh, once in a while. Right? No every day the manna was fresh every day <laughs> and if we treated it improperly the fresh word of God it what it got stinky in our life God says I want to do something new in you every day what a good God that we serve he wants to be in relationship like he wants to be your best friend so that every single day you're getting something new and fresh from him over and over and over again. This is a very powerful and intimate and personal God that we serve that wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. What a good God we serve. Amen. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much there's so many things to be thankful for but Lord this morning we're thankful for this reminder of the freshness of God that you want to be in and through our lives and working in and through us every single day and so every single morning is new full of your grace and your mercy your love that endures to all generations, the hope of Christ and his return, the forgiveness that is ready at a moment's notice. Lord, all these things are a part of the freedom that we have in you. We pray that that's 
what we would walk in. That that's how we would choose to live in this day, in this time, in this difficulty. That we would say, oh, <laughs> I get to live in the peace of God today. Not in the worry of our world. Jesus, thank you so much. And as we head into a fresh focus of thanks, would we be reminded all the time that there's so many things to be thankful for? Holy Spirit, I also pray that the, the fresh word that we might have received um, from you during this time, that you would just bring it back to our remembrance regularly that this is what I spoke to you. This is a promise that I have for you. And I will bring it to fruition. And so we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said? Amen. Amen. Good to be here. Thanks for being here. And uh, always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.